The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Back with another episode of The Intentional Foul for this week. Thank you for downloading, listening, subscribing, whatever you may do. This is going to be your... Yeah, it's my new routine now. <laughs> it's your pregame routine. Yep. A quick squirt of the... We'll peer all the... <laughs> Just getting ready, clean it off here. Cleanse me up before we get dirty on the pod that, here. That's true. That is true. A lot to talk about. We had some breaking news earlier today as yeah. we record this. We'll get into that. We got some... Stuff to hammer out. Very light on the NFL. Um, we'll talk Bucks. We'll talk college hoops. A couple of big games tonight for both of those Bucks and uh, your Marquette squad. And Brewers yeah. are in full swing for spring training. And uh, what are we? 28, 29 days away from opening day. Something yeah, like something like that. Yeah. So. All right. You want to dive in? Where do you want to start? I mean, it's. Well, there's a couple NFL things. I mean, you know, take your pick of of what you want to hit first. I mean, there's one big story and then, you know, a couple of other just real minor local mm-hmm. local stuff. But um, well, I think probably the big one that is catching nationwide attention is Patriots owner, maybe even future former Patriots owner, Robert Kraft for. Um, yeah, I think we all know the story by now. <laughs> Getting getting a rub and tug at uh, a mall establishment. That was the day of the AFC Championship game. Yeah, and they didn't play the AFC Championship game in Florida because that's that's where he was that morning. So I don't. It, this stuff amazes me, and it to me it shouldn't it it really no. I I should be completely desensitized to this. Well, I mean, I don't know about desensitized to where like you don't think it matters but mm-hmm. i mean to be surprised not really i mean this is i mean there's plenty of creepy old guys yeah, I mean, dirty a, old he's men a, he's a single 77 not year old single. billionaire well he's got a I girlfriend. Mean, okay well and it's the same one he's probably and, got more than one well i think you and i were talking on one of our road trips that i told you to go look for the thing when when it's the video when he was trying to help her get some sort of an acting job, and she was, like, cutting an audition tape or something, and he had a role to play. And it was one of the the most hilarious slash weird things I've ever seen at the same time. And it's still, I'm pretty sure that girl is still his quote-unquote girlfriend. It's probably not as weird as the tape that the cops have of him in the uh, spa. Getting I mean, a little Yankee doodle. <laughs> I mean, it's just you know, you, you get these old, old rich guys with yep. a ton of money, yep. and you know, they haven't heard the word no. no or you can't do that in in like a quarter century. Yep. Um. You know, I, I mean, I it, it's weird. I don't know if it's as I don't know that I'd say it was surprising, but it's definitely weird. Like yeah. the guy goes to Florida, and I'm sure he probably has a home there. So, oh, you yeah. know, he, he's down there, and like. He, he like he doesn't. There's not an escort service to call. Like you can't 
bring one of these people to your own house? Like, you're going to get in your Bentley and go there? And be on video surveillance going in and exiting the place. And even if you think you're not on video surveillance, like, people are still around. Oh, that's Robert Kraft. What is he doing in there? Right. I'll give you three guesses. You're only going to need one. Yeah, I mean, everybody knows what goes goes on at those places. I mean, I remember we had one we here had a in bus, Janesville. Yes, we had a know, bus so here in Janesville, absolutely. It's uh, it's not like it's it's a new thing. Well, I mean, everybody and everybody's jumping to the whole, you know, is he going to get fined? Is he going to turn the team over? Is the NFL going to let him do, you know, get away with it? That kind of thing. I, to me, I don't really care. It just to, that just now shows me what kind of a dude Robert Kraft is, and that and that's all I need. Yeah, personally, you know, I mean, as if the Patriots haven't been vilified enough the last few seasons for being as good as they are. Now their owner does something like this and gives more people an excuse to hate them. Yeah, and it's. <laughs> That that franchise just seems to always be in some shit. Yeah. You know, whether it's the videotaping of the practices at the first Super Bowl. Jets. Or it's, uh, stuff you know, and, the yep. deflate thing yep. or Brady with his trainer or or now this thing with Kraft. It's, it's seems like, especially recently, it's, it's always something. It's funny because you would think that, that teams are in that much crap and involved in this stuff. That would cause you know, rifts within the franchise. They just keep winning. Yeah. They just put all that aside and just go out and take care well, of business. I, I think it's just because Belichick's a robot and like he probably is not affected by it. No, I don't think he cares. It it doesn't affect the football field, so why would he care? I'd just like to see the eye roll when somebody walks into like an intern walks into his office says, uh Mr. Belichick. <laughs> right. Uh we have a press release going out about um and just to see the gigantic uh, right. eye roll. We're, we're on the preseason week right. one. <laughs> exactly. Um, we're busy reviewing uh, uh, NFL draft profiles right now. So, uh. Yeah, not, but you're right. He probably, it's just robotics. If it doesn't have anything to do with on-field football, probably doesn't care. No, I don't think so. And it's, uh, I mean, it, you know, I, I'm interested only just because of the interest in the general league um, of what they end up doing to craft. You know, you kind of, some of the one of the examples that I heard, you know, to kind of compare was when Bob Ursay got busted a handful of years ago uh, with some drugs and drunk driving, and he mm. was under the influence of drugs. And I think he got like six or eight games for that, something like that. Okay. And I think uh, I, I don't think the owner got anything in the in the um, Saints deal. I think that was like front office people and coaches. I don't I think, think the owner got anything. Right. But um, I, I think he's going to get. You know, probably in that six eight game range okay. of of you know, no contact or what whatever it is that you would do to an owner. I mean, you find him and you I mean, I don't know what's. I mean, so he can't go to the game, maybe. I mean, outside of a fine, I don't. Yeah, I mean, okay, so what? Yeah, who cares? I'm not sure. I mean, the interesting thing is, does it get passed down now? Does he step away to? That's what I mean. You know, for the PR reasons and like, hand it over to his son. Like you need to be, you need to now be done with this. Yeah, people will like that you were the owner when we won X amount of Super Bowls, but you need to be remembered for that. And we need to get this behind you. And you need to get away from this franchise because there's there's a little bit of PR healing that needs to start probably happening. And I'm not sure you can do that when he's part of that hole. But but back to back to my point about these these rich old dudes that you can't tell them what to do. I don't think the NFL 
telling Kraft that he has to step down will get him to step down. I think it's got to probably be some kind it's of all the other something owners. with his family or the yes, the other owners where they got to yeah. say, look, man, we get it. We've all got our skeletons, but you know, for the good of all of us, you're, you're making us look like a bunch of clowns. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. league has enough bad press right on its own without even trying. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just one more thing they don't need. Your boy Cody Parkey is gone, which See ya. you uh, you kind of called that. As soon as he appeared on, what was, was it, Good Morning America, yeah, one of the morning of those, shows? Yeah. Because that, I mean, he talked, it wasn't cleared with the coaches. They were surprised. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a very me-centric it thing. Was right it was right in line with everything that's in our world today. That's of, true. I, I'm somehow he victim. was the victim yeah. of him not being good at football. Well, they're just so. going to, they're going to eat the guaranteed money. I don't even know what it's salary cap implications Couple are. Million, but, I think like three or four million, right, but it's not the, the disappointing part is that then after that word came out that they were going to cut him, uh, Robbie, the 49ers franchise, Robbie Gould. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was who everybody assumed right. they well, would go get. That's because but. that's all they've been talking about since, they let him go, and yeah. just the kicker turnover, yeah. they just keep pointing back to Robbie Gold leaving. It's like, why? I mean, look, you know, would it have been cool to have him back? Sure. Of course. But, I mean, there's other uh, solid to good kickers you can go out and get. Yeah. So, Your fantasy football, what kickers don't matter. I mean, you get one, so long as they don't kill you, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. you got to make your extra points, and you right. got to be able to make, like, a 50-yarder. Yeah. You know? About I don't think anybody's asking for much more than that. No. Well, your boy Jordy was in the news. I saw. The one guy that you said that whatever mm-hmm. he said about Rodgers, you would take as... I would actually take that more more critically home than I would for anybody else that has left on bad terms or whatever. And, and, there, and here's a guy that also left on bad terms, a little disgruntled, doesn't like the way things happen, said I would, you know, would have loved to come back, would have liked to finish out, but, you know, the... The deal that they offered was insulting. He doesn't have, you know, doesn't have any loyalty to anybody anymore. He's not with the team, but he called the criticism and the leadership thing that about Rodgers laughable. And I don't know whether that's to keep that bridge, you know, over the water that he could come back oh, across I think that it at some point. That was a big part of it. Yeah. 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 I think that was a big part of it. I don't know. I don't He's know. He's on a terrible team. Well, okay, fine. You know, I mean, that could easily be uh, but that's he one gets of- cut. They, you know, they do him a solid. Let him, Gruden lets him go, and you know he goes back to P- Green Bay on the cheap. I certainly don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Well, they already offered him the cheap, and he didn't do it. That was last year. That's that. Now all of a sudden, the market has reset itself. You realize what your self worth might be, and now you figure, well, if it's going to be anything, here's where I'd rather be. Yeah, no, he went to no Oakland, and he had David Carr as his quarterback, and not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that'll wake a receiver up real quick. It's like this Antonio Brown thing. Not to jump to that, but it's like. Like, what if he goes to, like, the Jets or Tampa, and all of a sudden Jameis or Sam Darnold's your quarterback? Like Cluster. It's completely, like, you say what you want about Roethlisberger, but the guy's good. Yep. The guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. You know, he's he's got his own warts, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a hell of a lot better than some of these other guys. Like, was, what, are you going to go to Arizona and, and play with Josh, Josh Rosen? Rosen? Yeah. Like, has he proven that he can complete a no. forward pass? Not, not with any regularity. So yeah, I, I don't know. I thought the Jordy thing, the comments were, you know, we talked about it during yeah. the season. They're pretty much in line with what you would expect Jordy Nelson to say because you know him and Aaron are friends. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they they played together for I don't know eight, ten years, whatever it was. Um, so 
I, I would expect a, an AJ Hawk to to echo those sentiments. They're friends. They play together for a long time. Matthews is probably the same way. The interesting thing I heard, uh, I think it was TJ Hushmanzada said uh, the other day, like you know he was trying to not go the race thing, but he he was. He was trying not to, but so like, they're two was, white boys. You can so kind of infer it. They're, they're 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 you know. Well, he said they speak the same language. You know, like they're those two guys. Like Jordy Nelson is all in on football. He ain't doing nothing else. Probably not. Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers, for all of his warts, other than the State Farm thing, like he's not really out there. You know, he's not he's not Cam Newton. He's not dancing no. around. He's not trying to draw attention to himself, no. per se. And neither is Nelson. But I also don't think when his career's done, he's going to have a problem finding extra things to do because he's Aaron Rodgers. Sure. He might you get know. a Duracell battery commercial or something. But, you know, to, to say they speak the same language, <laughs> it, you know. Where did you get that from? I don't know. It's just <laughs> Michael Jordan sold batteries. Why can't okay, Aaron Rodgers, you know? But, you know, these other guys, like a Finley, a Jennings, um, KGB. Yeah, uh, I don't even that that is completely discounted for me because that guy is a certified nut bar. Oh well, everything I've heard is completely opposite of that. He, and he currently still lives in Green Bay. Oh, I, right. But I've I've heard some of his views on things and and what he talks about, and I listened to a couple interviews. That that guy's not operating on on all cylinders. Yeah, in, that, that's in fair. Opinion, I haven't heard but, that. I don't know if that affects his football opinion, but but. You know, that's I, fine. I'm not going to listen to KGB when Rodgers wasn't even the starting quarterback when he was there. I, how, how can you identify those traits when you actually don't, when he doesn't even lead you, and, and you're still questioning his leadership from, you know, a couple miles away when you're not even affiliated with the franchise anymore? Sure. But um, if he lives there, I'm sure he's quite tight with, with some people. current guys that yeah. have played there. But um, but I don't know. It, it's, it's not, like I said, it wasn't anything surprising, and no. it was... You know, pretty much what we thought it would be. Mm -hmm. All right, Bucks. Uh, as we record this tonight, are uh, starting. They got four games out west. Yeah, five game road trip started in Chicago, but now they're west of the Mississippi. Um, and they got. Uh, let's see, Kings, Lakers, and I don't know what the order is, but Jazz and Suns. Mm -hmm. And Kings tonight. Oh yeah. yeah. And you and I were talking on the way home last night, or either on the way out. Two games out of these four, and that would be successful? I, I think so. Okay. Um, I mean, you have to beat Phoenix. They're the worst team in the league. They are the worst team. And they beat you at home, which early in the year, so you definitely owe them one. Well, and they had, what was it last year they snapped? A 26-27 yeah. game a, losing streak in Phoenix? One. Yeah. that That's ridiculous. But, you know, they play, the, play at Sacramento tonight in... Uh, uh, Sounds like Giannis is going to play. He sat out okay. the last game, and he better play because if he doesn't, they will not win. Well, do you think it's like with the Bulls, and I was just thinking about this, because he sat out in back-to-backs, but even though it's on the road and against the Bulls, part of that decision-making is, listen, we be able, we, we should be able to beat this team without him, so this would be a perfect opportunity to give him some I rest. I think that. I mean, they would tell you that's not the case, well, of course. but I think that, right. absolutely. Okay. Um, but yeah, the Kings are good. So Giannis needs to play tonight. They're fighting for the playoffs, trying to get in, and they're a, a young team that plays hard every night. Um, then you got the Lakers, which you know, uh, I mean, they have LeBron, so you never know. But mm -hmm. they have really been struggling lately. And then Utah, Utah. I don't expect to win that game. That's one of the, you know, that's a really tough place to play on the road on a long road trip. Um, so that that you know, two and two, I'd I'd be very happy with that. Well, it's good that that Miritich is kind of getting into the flow of things because you've got 
I mean, the injury problems, they just signed that the, the Canaan kid for a 10-day contract, and right. he, he did okay yep. in, in, in a few minutes the other night mm-hmm. um, and had a couple points. So, uh, I mean, Nico kind of getting into the fold, just one more weapon and one more presence outside to shoot the ball. Yeah, he's uh, he's looked good so far. Um, he's you know they're they're ramping up his minutes little by little because he's coming off that calf strain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean he just really gives them another look, and you know he he's a guy that um, the the Bucks. I think the numbers probably would disagree with this, but if you just watch it, sometimes they struggle when Giannis is on the bench, and maybe they've got Middleton as the lead guy and Bledsoe as the second. Um, they get a little stagnant once in a while. To have Miritich out there with those guys gives them another uh, playmaker. He can handle the ball. He can shoot. Um, so that's very, very nice to have. And, uh, you know, Bucks are a little banged up. You know, Giannis sat the other night, and uh, obviously, I, it, I'm sure it's not serious, but he's got a little, probably a little tendonitis in that knee. Um, George Hill, an, an adductor strain. I'm yeah, not exactly I've, I've sure what that is. but heard that, but I don't know what it is. Um, I expect him to be out. For a little while, cup. I would bet a you know two weeks, um, and then Shannon Brown was uh, was out. I don't. I think maybe a, a hand or a wrist the other night. So that's why they end up signing Kanan and they bring up Trayvon Duvall and a couple of these uh, G League guys. Christian Wood, they signed. Yeah. Yep. Um. You know, but I, I think you know now these next four games, I think they're gonna they're gonna shorten the rotation up a little bit. Okay. And uh, you know, certainly, it be. I mean, if you won three, great. But I think everybody would be pretty pretty happy with two and two. All right, jump around in these notes that you've got done here before you you've got a pretty extensive thing on this one and done rule. Um, but it, people are against Milwaukee. Well, I, I've just I'm you're getting to the point now where everybody's starting to talk playoffs. Yeah, and you know, kind of who's going to play who and where's the seeding going to fall. And you know, I'm you're starting to hear this. Uh, it's not anti and like that they're you know they people don't like them, but it's a little bit like. You know, you look at the roster, and it's really rare in the NBA to go r- very far in the playoffs with just one quote unquote superstar. superstar. You know, you look at some of these other teams, like Philadelphia's got two, Toronto's got maybe one and a half, if, depending on how you feel about Lowry. You know, Boston's got Kyrie and Horford, and then a bunch of other really good players. So it's just been a lot of this. Oh, they've been a nice regular season story, and they might get the one seed, but them and Toronto both are going to flame out because they don't have the star power, basically. And uh, it's just kind of interesting. No, I love it. I, I think it's great. I mean, and again, this is me talking non-basketball aficionado. I would look at the Bucs and you say, well, you got two all-stars and one superstar. Mm-hmm. Bledsoe, you, would, you thought, was like a teetering all-star possibly mm-hmm. this year. You've got a new coach in Budenholzer, and everybody seems to be adapting to his system, even the center, Lopez. Um, and then you've added a guy like Miritich. So I, I don't know. I, I guess from a complete outsider, that looks like a pretty good lineup to me. Yeah, but the the national media don't look at Middleton and Bledsoe as, as stars. Like, they're very good. You know, and Middleton was an all-star Bledsoe was borderline. That's kind of where those guys, you know, end up, kind of on that all-star border. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you look at the Bucks and they got a lot of depth, and uh, that's great in the regular season, but the rotation is going to shorten in the postseason. You're not going to play 10 guys. You know, Snell and Connaughton, they're not going to get much run. So your rotation is going to get shorter, 
And the question is, you know, if you're playing Boston in the second round and it's game five and it's two to two in the series, and let's say Giannis plays poorly or he gets in foul trouble, and instead of getting 28 and 10, he gets 18 and eight, can you win that game? Can Middleton and Bledsoe drag you to that win? And and where you look at some of the other teams, and it's like, well, if Embiid's in trouble, you got Simmons and Butler and Harris. If boss, if Kyrie don't play good, you got Tatum and Horford and all these guys, and it's, and so on and so forth. That's kind of the question with the Bucks when it gets to the playoffs. Okay. Is do, do they have enough firepower? And people, you, you know, if you watch the Bucks lot, you say, well, how can you say that they've scored like 140 points four times? They're like plus 10 point differential, the largest in the league. But the game slows down so much in the playoffs, you know, that they don't have a Curry or a Thompson who can just take the ball and dribble around and dribble around and dribble around (laughs) and then shoot a three. Like Brooke Lopez can't do that. Like he's got to be wide open and then he's got to make them, you know, and he's not exactly your prototypical knockdown guy. So there's questions. Okay. Um, I I personally love the the negative sentiment from the media. I, I don't think the Bucks care one bit. Um, well, they can use the, the whole Simmons, nobody yeah, believes in us yeah, you know, thing going and, and forward. And they're kind of the little brother of the big four right now. And, you know, it's fine with me. All right. I just like the fact that there seems to be a lot of team chemistry. Mm-hmm. Everybody seems to like each other. There's no feuding because, you know, when you look at the at the league landscape, all you hear about from the East Coast to the West Coast is, negativity coming out of Los Angeles for the Lakers and and the Celtics aren't exactly operating on, you know, everybody singing kumbaya either. Yeah. Because there's a lot of dysfunction and I, you know, for as much as I watch the Bucks, which isn't much, you know, I text you when I tune in and I can see some things, but um you don't have any of those problems surrounding the team when I'm reading things daily like it seems like LeBron James and Kyrie Irving are bringing up and I and I like that. A lot of people thrive on the drama and like, ooh, this is you know so good. It's like I don't want any of the, get go away with that. And they they're just knee deep in it out east and out west. Well, I think the from the for the Bucks, I think it's they're young, they're on the come up. They haven't won anything, so there there's that that hunger is there. Where with you know Boston has got other than Golden State probably the most talent in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, they just aren't meshing where you had like last year when they made that run and they were playing all their young guys and Irving and Gordon Hayward were out. Well, then this year you come back and you have to tell those guys like, okay, well, remember in the playoffs, Jason Tatum, when you were getting like 20 shots a game and we were running the offense for you. Well, now you're the third guy. You're going to get like 12 shots a game. Well, a lot of people on the outside would go, Oh, what's wrong with that? You should sacrifice. You want to win. Right. Or it's like, yeah, but the dude's 19. He's trying to make his name in the league and he's playing for the big contract in a couple years. And, you know, it's hard to get young guys to kind of take a step back. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know that by taking a step back, they're helping. They're like, well, I can do more than this. Right. You know, and in LA, it's just a bad roster. LeBron is all about the drama. Um, you know, he, he, he comes out last night after they get beat. And says uh, basically like the young guys don't play hard enough, and they got their eye on other things other than basketball. But in the meantime, he's got that show on HBO, The Shop. It just came out. He's going to film Space Jam this summer. Um, he's releasing, I heard, an album with Two Chains next week. Uh, you know, he's he's dealing with his 
clutch sports agency. He's got several other business ventures, but he's going to tell these guys that their eyes not on the prize. And uh, there's some video that came out from the game the other night in Memphis where defensively, like he just is just flat out no effort. I mean, just standing. Oh, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, yes, just standing, absolutely. and his guy scores on him, and then he's looking at his teammate like, what are you doing? And it's like, dude, that's your guy. You know, like there's nothing worse as a basketball player than playing with a guy who won't play defense, doesn't try on defense, because it's like, well, what are we doing here? If we go down and score and you come down and don't play defense and they score, well, what are we doing? Right. You know, and – LeBron's supposed to be the leader, and all these guys are like 23, 24 years old. They look up to him, you know, and you can't be calling these guys out in the media and and expect them to just, oh, you know, get over it the next day or whatever. Like, Sounds like poor leadership to me. It is, you know, and uh, and the thing that, that pisses me off the most about it is like, you know, you're the best player in the world, right? You have an obligation to the people that come to see you play and to the people on your team and the in the Lakers that pay your salary mm-hmm. to give max effort. Now, yep. I'm not saying, you know, on a on a Tuesday in February you need to be diving into the third row. Like <laughs> I he's 34 years old, he's in year 17. He doesn't I, I'm not saying that, but like you can fake it. You know, if you get beat, just like chase the guy and pretend like you're trying to block him. You don't have to kill yourself, but at least <laughs> put forth some kind of an effort, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's okay. I understand he's going to take, he's going to float during games and he's going to take plays off and he's going to conserve his energy. I get all that. It's a long season. He's played a lot of minutes over his career, but you know, to just stand there, like, I mean, I can go stand there. Are you going to pay me? (laughs) No, probably not. Come on. Um, I did see the cool thing that doc rivers did for Dirk Nowitzki the other day. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Thought that was very classy. Mm Mm-hmm. Dirk very seemed very appreciative, mm-hmm. um, and to me, that's that would exemplify what sports should be about. Normally, when you see a coach get out a microphone at a basketball game, it's to tell the kids to stop throwing shit on the floor. <laughs> it's not or, to, right. It's not to yes. honor one of the no. eighteen best players no, in the history like, of the NBA. We're going to get called for a technical if you guys can't shut up or stop yeah. stop misbehaving or something <laughs> like stop that. Throwing, stop throwing nickels at the guy shooting free throws. Right. You know? No. Stop. Yeah. We really need you to tone down the profanity or something like that. But no, that was actually a, a pretty pretty nice moment. It was. It was, and especially at the pro level, that you you know you don't really see stuff like right. that and. It just kind of shows the you know the respect that Dirk has, and you know I love Dirk. Yep. He's one of my favorite players, and um, you know his he's uh, he's the greatest European player ever. And um, boy, I watched that All Star game, and he it didn't look like he could move, but no. man, he was just sinking him. Oh, what he can still fill it up. Serious, you know, but that'll never go away. I mean, there, I saw a video yesterday of fifty three year old Reggie Miller at the Pacers. Uh, practice facility just burying corner threes just not even hitting rim just net 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 so that never goes away but right. Dirk's Dirk's pretty sweet man he's yep. uh he's a class act and you know he uh he's kind of got like a universally high approval rating I don't think any fan base yeah, like hates I, him I, that sounds you know that, that would be appropriate like their rivals like really probably been like the Spurs yeah through the years and and I guarantee you that nobody in San Antonio hates Dirk so all right, so you want to go off on this one and done rule? Yeah, you, you got a lot about this. Well, the it, it came out the other day that it it appears that in like two or three years, I think in about two years, 
that they're going to do away with the one and done rule. That's got to be collectively bargained, correct? Yes. Okay. And this is an NBA rule, not an NCAA rule. Correct. A lot of people blame the NCAA for this, and it is not their issue. If the NBA said that we're going to take everybody whenever, they wouldn't have to go to yeah, college. The NCAA does love the rule because they get these guys for a year, but it is not their rule. Correct. So um, it's just, you know, it kind of got me thinking, um, you know, who's this? who's it good for, who's it not good for, does it is it really gonna affect a lot? Um, you know, we we dealt with this. Garnett came in in '95. He was kind of the first, you know, modern day guy to go from high school to the pros. You had Garnett '95. You had Kobe '96. McGrady '97, and you know, all the way through like I think '04 was the last year that they allowed it. LeBron came out in '03. So, you know, you've got these success stories like those guys that were clearly ready to play. Did not need to go to college, you know. They were they're they're phenoms, um, but there's a lot of other guys that came out early that shouldn't have that either, you know, got drafted in the second round, never made a team, flamed out, didn't get drafted. Maybe they got drafted higher than they should have and got a bunch of money and went to a bad situation on a crappy team and it just doesn't work. Um, so it just you know, like I said, it got me thinking like, who's it good for? Well, it's good for like five or six people in college basketball. It's good for like Zion Williamson, those guys at Duke. You know, it was good for Anthony Davis when he was at Kentucky. Um, but for most guys, it's it's not really it doesn't, a, it doesn't really matter. The rule affects a very small, it, it, minute it portion of it the does. whole. Yeah. And if you watch people on TV that like to scream about the injustice of all of this, and and they those it, guys. and they liken it to, well, if you can fight in the army, you should be able to play in the NBA. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, but they don't pay you five million dollars a year in the army and drop you in a city you've never been in before and say, good luck. <laughs> um, it's also good for the agents. Obviously, they are uh, invested in getting these guys paid as much money as quickly as possible. Yes. Whether it's an NBA contract, a shoe contract, whatever. And uh, it also, you know, we see it in baseball. The Cubs did it a couple years ago with Bryant. They got in that little pissing match Mm -hmm. with with him and his agent. Um, You know, the sooner these guys can get to that second contract is that's when they make their money. That's when the money is. You know, because the first contract is is slotted. Rookie. Yeah, there's restrictions on that. So... You know, it behooves the agent, obviously, to get those guys in the league sooner rather than later. Um, and it could be really good for the G League. Um, you know, if you can get some of these guys out of high school that maybe couldn't qualify academically or they just are... They're just they, not they, ready they, in their they, first year. They just don't want to go to college. But, yeah, they're not ready to be in an 82-game, you know, 60-different-city, um, six-and-a-half-month grown up NBA season. So you put him down in the G League for a year or two, but you but you know, if 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 you draft a guy 10th, he still makes the money that a 10th guy makes, mm-hmm. but you're just in the in the G League. Um you know, who's it who's it bad for? NCAA. It, well, yeah. It would hurt the NCAA well, for, sure. for sure. You know, they're going to lose out on the you know, probably the 10 or 15 best guys every year. But does that only affect a small portion of the top programs as well? Because you got a lot of these guys that are going to go to the big marquee names. You've got the Calipari's, you've got the coach K's, you know, you've got some of these coaches who grab a lot of these guys for the one and dones. And they've for the last few years, they've kind of built themselves on 
these guys and their program, and they just reload when guys in high school are not ready to come out, and they just come back for another year. So it's like just a it's just a rotating roster with like three or four guys at some of these programs. I think it would hurt them initially, but I think eventually it would trickle down, and it would the 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 Dukes and the Kansases and the Kentuckys. It might hurt them for a year or two because you know just on how the way they're recruiting and the type of guy they're recruiting, but. You know, those programs are so big that then they would, instead of getting the five-star guys, now they're getting all the four-star guys that are maybe going to stay two, three, or four years. Um, It hurts the NBA vets. You know, it hurts the old guys in the league Um, because there's only so many roster spots. Mm -hmm. And, you know, am I going to pay a 33-year-old guy $8 million a year to play seven minutes a game, or am I going to pay a rookie $3 million a year to not play? You know, um, we saw that that kind of happened in the in the nine, late '90s and early 2000s, and that's where a lot of these young guys got in trouble because there were no veterans. You know, when your veteran is 27, like you don't know nothing at 27, right? You know, you need your vets. You know, the 34, 35 year old guys that have been around in the league. They know they know what women and what towns to stay away from, <laughs> what establishments to not go to. You know, uh-huh. just things that you pick up from right. the experience, obviously. Um, and then I think it's bad for team executives and scouts. It, it will make it a lot more difficult to build a roster. Um, you're going to have to now scout high school games. You're going to have to scout AAU games. Expand the department. And it, that's very hard to do. You're talking about scouting 16, 17, 18-year-old kids who some of them are fully developed and won't get any better. Some of them are not developed much at all and are going to get massively better. Um you know, I mean, if you have sympathy for the team, it would be in that respect. But um, okay, I, so what what's the perfect scenario then? I don't know that there's a perfect one. Okay, um, I don't think that they'll ever pay college athletes. I just don't think I don't think you could do it where it's equitable for everybody. And and forget take the Title Nine part out of it, but like. How do you equate what you pay a kid at UW-Green Bay versus what you pay a kid at Kansas? See, that's why a lot of people, when they come out with that, and I see that here's what you do and blah, 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 they leave out some of those biggest details. Yeah. Well, are all the people on the different sports, no matter if they're, you know, if, if your football team is basically making your athletic budget, they're going to get paid more. Does the soccer team get paid as much? What about, you know, what about the tennis team? Or what about the baseball team? You know, how does how, you're going to need to find a system? And that's just talking on major Division One programs. Okay, now do you get paid more when you're ranked higher? When is your team better so you get this? Like, there's a scale here that is so monstrously. Yeah, mon- I mean, you, people think it's this simple answer no. that you just pay everybody. But like, well, take take Zion Williamson. Like, okay, let's say that you can pay him to go to Duke. Well, what are you going to pay him? Right. Like, can the school, can Duke pay them whatever the hell they want? And then if they can, well, how much money is it going to take? Because if I can go to the NBA, let's say, for $5 million as a rookie, are you really going to pay a kid $5 million to play basketball in college? I don't, maybe. And then who, what's the other program that's going to come? Is there a cap? Are you going to put a cap? Can you pay all top 10 best guys in a, in a recruiting class. That, that, all, like, you know, it's impossible. And, and the people that are, that are saying that athletes need to be paid, they have no idea on the scale across how to do any of this. They just say they need to be paid. Well, 
okay, fine, you can have that opinion. Yeah. You need to give me a little bit more than that. Right. You know, because you're talking D1, D2, D3. I mean, where are we stopping here? Because mm-hmm. then you're going to get into recruiting problems. You know, I mean, there's so much to this that it's just not as easy as people think when it, they just say, pay him. You know, one thing I'd like is if they allowed these guys to at least own their likeness. Yes. So if you want to show up to East Town or West Town Mall, if you're a Badger, mm-hmm. and you want to go and you want to sign autographs and you want to charge whatever you want, and that's fine. Yes. It and, should be a free market system. Right, and you get to keep all that. People don't have to show up. They don't have to pay it if they don't want. They can call you you know, all the names you want because this is for kids and whatever. But you know what? I don't make any money while I'm here except for my education. You know, I'm still living on a certain amount of money for food and doing this stuff. So this is on me. If there was a Beethoven level or a Louis Armstrong level type trumpet player in the Badger band, right. he could go do the autograph yes. signing and profit off of it. But the kid that makes all the money can't, you know, whether it's a jersey in the bookstore mm-hmm. or an autograph signing or our our favorite, the old NCAA football game. Yes. You know, we haven't had that for like five years now. Oh, it's been more way longer. I than think that, but yeah. 13 or 14 was the last okay. year. But, you know, allow these guys, if they're in the game, to get something. Thanks, like, O'Bannon. Like let them all, you know, give them all something. Put it yeah. in a trust, whatever you got to do. Yep. But. Mm-hmm. As far as, you know, what what do you do about the one and done? I'd like to see some rules similar to baseball. You can be drafted out of high school, and if you choose to go, great. Don't like your draft status. Yep. Kick into the college and then reapply in a year or two years, yep. whatever. Yeah, okay. if it's one year or two years, I'm you know, okay. that would be fine. Um, I'd like to see the NBA expand the draft. Um, right now, it's two rounds, yep. 60 players get picked, and of those 60 players... Uh, roughly 20 to 25 of them are European or foreign players. So really only about 30 to 40 NCAA college players are getting drafted. How many year. of those each year don't make a team roster, whether it's pro they get or, drafted? Get to, yeah, or they, they get to the G League? Uh, I mean, every first round pick will will Land be on, on a team. Yeah. They'll at worst would be on their on the G League okay. team. But the second rounder, it's probably 50-50. Okay. You know? Um, but, yeah, if you expanded that, then, you know, you could maybe as an organization, you might be willing to take a little bit more of a risk. Mm-hmm. You know, like you see an 18-year-old kid and you have the 38th pick, maybe you take him instead of uh, uh, Malcolm Brogdon who played four years at Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I, I don't think teams are going to be as willing to take those risks. Or if they do take those risks, now these these four-year, three-year college guys are just floating out in the ether in free agency. And I, I don't I don't think that's really a good way of for those guys to to mm-hmm. try to try to get into the league. Um I'd like to see the rosters expanded. You know, add add two spots to your roster instead of being able to keep like I think it's twenty guys, maybe allow them to keep twenty two or twenty five. You know, um invest heavily in the G League. Make it a legitimate farm system you know, where people want to go see these guys. I mean, I think the Oshkosh uh, Bucks, yep. I think they do pretty well attendance-wise. Okay. they got a real nice place. It's not huge. No, so it's, it's not. You know, it's like a four or 5,000-seat place. And it's nice that it's so close to Milwaukee. If they need anybody, they just go, and, you know, and, but like right the, down the highway. But, like, the Bucks don't have anybody on the team that's a draw. Like, if you go, oh, no. you just go to watch yes. them. But, like... There's you know, no name that you're like, oh, he's been on. Yeah, he's awesome. If, if, you don't know. If next year the Bucks drafted Tyler Hero and 
Stick him on but the G not, League. But he's for not a year. good enough to yep. be on the Bucks, and you could stick him on the G League People and go see him. And, you know, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, and then lastly, and it's something that they used to do, where you could draft a guy, but he retained his college eligibility. So I remember the Bucks drafted a guy out of Minnesota in the early '90s. His name was Vashon Leonard. He was a shooting guard. I remember that? Okay. And they drafted him in the second round. And he decided that he didn't want to go, go pro, and he went back to school that year, and he upped his stock and became a first-round pick. Um, I don't see what's wrong with that. Maybe, you know, if there's something where maybe a team retains your rights or, or you know, I don't know. But something between the, the, the baseball rule and that where, you know, even let the kid, I mean, what, I don't know why everybody's so scared of agents. Like if a kid has an agent when he's yeah. in college, like, so I don't like okay the agent gives him a $50,000 loan. Well, he got to pay it back. Right. It's it that's just doesn't get forgiven. You know, like the agent's going to get that money back. He's going to take a, a little bit bigger cut out of the first contract Absolutely. or whatever. So it's not like some people, dude is just handing you all this no, money. People are going to get their money, you know. Um right. I don't know. So it's it's kind of an interesting thing to watch down the pipe. Okay. Um I, it won't affect our teams, Marquette and Wisconsin, because no. they don't really. I mean, Marquette had Ellenson a couple yep. of years ago, but other than that, it's it's never been an issue. So, all right, let's roll through some college hoops and uh, some Brewers, and then get to the uh, the big news of the day, which just broke uh, a couple of hours ago. Um, first of all, Marquette, pretty impressive season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the, their first place in the Big East. They win tonight at Villanova. They glitch a share of the regular season title. They'll lock up the first seed in the Big East tournament. Um, yeah, they win tonight. They'd pretty much have to lose out to not win it outright. Okay. Because they'd have two wins over Villanova. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But there's there's that two to the Red Storm that are just hanging out there. Those two and the loss at Indiana where they got whipped early in the year. I'm just talking from the conference. Yeah. I mean, let alone anything else. But it's yeah. just, yeah, St. John's is going to make the tournament, though. So it's not like they're, okay. they're not Penn State. <laughs> right, you know, no, um, but yeah, big game tonight at Villanova and uh, Saturday at home against Creighton and uh, Creighton's the team. If you remember that Hauser hit that crazy buzzer beater. Oh at. yeah, yeah, falling away, twisted up mm-hmm. like ninety degrees body Not angle. Sure, it's... he got it off, but they okay. counted it. But whatever. well, you know, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, they've kind of had a little. Uh, it, it's been nice to see they've had some help for for Howard, um, Sakara Anum has really started to play well. Kid from Minnesota, um, redshirted. He's a redshirt sophomore, and uh, he's really kind of come into his own a little bit. He's always been a kind of a hustle guy, a defensive guy, and he's starting to score the ball a little more. He had a real nice game uh, the other day against, I think it was, uh, was it Butler? Sounds right. When uh, Howard kind of kind of got a little bit of a groin pull and wasn't quite himself. And, and Theo John, as a big guy, has been great for them. He's kind of changed them. Uh, from last year. Last year they were terrible defensively, <laughs> and uh, this year Theo's uh, leading the Big East in blocks, and uh, has really kind of kind of changed things for them down there defensively. So, um, bracketology uh, had him as a three seed this week. Pretty much, you know, I I, I don't think they deserve to be any higher than that. Big okay. East is not a is not one of the top conferences not a big this year. House. Marquette's beat some good teams. Um, but I I don't think you could you could realistically put them on the two line and and right now they've they've got four Big East teams it's Marquette Villanova St John's and Seton Hall is kind of Seton Hall and uh, Butler and Georgetown are all kind of on Bubble-ish, the bubble there. Okay. Um, well you know that that could be if if one of them gets hot and wins a 
couple games in the Big East tournament and mm-hmm. might get him in, but right now they just got him with four. Uh, turning your attention to the Badgers, they just jumped up to 19th in this week's poll, and then they promptly lost at Indiana, and the Hoosiers are not good. They had won five straight uh, in that series. Um and right now sit fifth in the Big Ten. They're aiming for that double bye, which goes to the top four teams um, in the conference. And just kind of an ugly one. And we talked just briefly before we started rolling that you got Penn State on Saturday at home. That's a noon start. And the Nittany Lions were up on Maryland at the half. And Penn State's basketball team has never oh, they're terrible. been any good. They're really bad this year, too. But Maryland seems to have been very up and down mm-hmm. um, this year. So, but a bad loss for the Badgers. Double OT, which is fine. Um, but again, free throws. Shot 52%. Missed their first four in, in the second overtime period. So it's like, I mean, I don't... Well, it's kind of what I talked about last week. I mean, you missed 12 free throws on the road. Yeah. You missed four, the first four in overtime, like you said. Um, your starting backcourt goes three for 21. Um, you know, Brad Davidson's a nice player, but the Kitty's Garden last night is going to be a lottery pick this year. Langford. Yep. Uh, you know, I mean, he's better. It's, it's not a knock on Davidson. Right. He's, he's just better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watch this team sometimes, and I'm like, you know, Greg Gard takes a lot of grief. How how is this team ranked 19th in the in the country? Like how how are they 19 and 19 and 11 and six in the Big Ten? Like they just are like you watch them, and other, if you take Hap off the floor. They're lost. That is not a very good team. No. Like, those guys are all just mediocre college guys. Um, so, I mean, good for them for being 19 and 9, well, I mean, honestly. I mean, they're going to make the tournament. Yeah. I, I don't know how them, but those bad losses during the year are going to affect them. Like, they had a home loss against Minnesota. They lost against Western Kentucky. They got the one against Indiana. Other than that, I mean, you know, they lost to normal teams that they should probably lose to. You know, during the season, but it's not. I mean, it's not going to affect their seed that much. Didn't you see that? You say that they were. You have no idea how why they were ranked as high as they were. Well, they, on, yeah. on, on on a projection. Yeah, I mean, bracketology's got them as a four seed. Um, I don't know. That just seems high to me. I mean, that you're telling me they're one of the 16 best teams in the country, and they have the most losses of any team in the top 25 right now with nine. Um. I thought five or six is where they will probably end up. I think they're going to win out mm-hmm. in the regular season, so they'd be twenty-two and nine, I believe, um, and then maybe go one and one in the Big Ten tournament. So you're like twenty-three and ten. That's not a four seed to me. That's that's five, six, okay. uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe one of the higher five or sixes. But I don't know, man. Four seed. You're talking top sixteen in the country. Yeah. That's for for really a one man team. I don't know. That seems a little high. Badgers and Penn State on Saturday. Um, Just run through some quick (laughs) college basketball notes. Uh, The Zion shoe explosion, which I think outside of actually seeing the shoe blow apart, and you and I talked about this on some of our road trips, and it's happened to you when when you played it. It it was surprising. I heard um, Jim McElvain talk about that happening to Rob Logderman Mm -hmm. when he was over at Marquette, former Craig guy, and it – McIlvain said he probably saw it during his career 25, 30 times. So it's more common than people think, but of course it happens to this guy who's probably going to be the number one pick, hurts his knee in the process, and now it's an unusually big deal because you've got Obama in the background 
with the nice, you know, little gif going, oh, his shoe exploded or something like that. Mm-hmm. So now it's all of a sudden a national deal. Do you go out? Do you sit him? Do you just not, you know, whatever? Do you switch brands of shoes? Is the contract now in jeopardy for the millions of dollars that he's going to make? I mean, there's there was so much surrounding this. It just kind of made me turn off the TV. Well, Barkley said it best. You know, I don't care about all the I don't care about the the shoe deal down the road and all that crap. But just about the should he should he sit or should he not sit? Barkley said it best. Like basketball basketball players play basketball. You know, th- this isn't baseball or football. Um, you know, whether or not he is playing against NC State, he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing pickup. He's going to be doing workouts. He might even still practice with the team. I mean, to think that he's just, what is he going to do? Just go sit home? I don't know. You know, it's it's not, you know, when a guy sits out football, like like these bowl games, he's not going to play football. There's no football game to play in. Right. There's no rec football league at the college. And and same with baseball. Like if you were ever to, if a guy was ever to sit out a, a college baseball game, well, like where are what you going to do? All you're going to do is go in the cage. Right. You can't really, you know, I guess you could get hurt in the cage technically, but probably not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just talk about an overblown yes. situation. Yep. I mean, yeah, like I said, it happened to me. McIlvain saw it several times. It's not that abnormal. It was just like you said, Obama's there. It's on ESPN. It's Duke, North Carolina, number one in guy. Cameron yep. Indoor. It's the number one guy in the nation. I mean, if that had happened last year to, I don't know, pick somebody, Grayson Allen, no one, no one would have been flipping out. And he had an NBA future to think about. Right. But people wouldn't have been losing their mind. No, it's just not no. that big a deal. All right, run down a couple of uh, college basketball. Well, I, I did see Kansas beat uh, Kansas State yeah, the other day. Just a couple interesting things, uh, kind of get everybody ready for the tournament here coming up. But uh, Kansas has won fourteen straight Big Twelve titles. That's that's a lot. That's pretty amazing. It's like on the. Uh, that's on par with like the Braves winning the NL East oh, for yeah. like 15 years. Um, one one game back right now, but they need help uh, from some other teams to to tie or win the league. So, be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I was just kind of looking at the standings of some of the power leagues, okay. and you know the ACC now has like 16 teams in it, which is just stupid. <laughs> uh, but I was looking at the bottom is Notre Dame and Pitt. Are the two worst teams in the ACC? They That's a, surprising to me. I I haven't looked at that close yeah. enough to figure out that they they have gone so far downwards. They have five total combined conference wins between the two of them, Boy, and, and it, it it just kind of made me laugh. And I got to thinking, like, boy, I, boy, I hope that football money is worth destroying right. your basketball program for yeah. because that's why they're in those leagues. You know, Notre Dame still got their independence they, for football. That will never but change, but yeah, they, Notre Dame should be in the Big East, um, playing along all the other schools in the Big East that don't have football teams, and that are many of them um, like private Catholic Jesuit schools. I mean, that's kind of fits the mo of Notre mm-hmm. Dame. And uh, I get why Pitts in the ACC because of football, but they should be in the Big East too. I mean, that's right. that's kind of the kind of program they are. Um, Buffalo's still number twenty-one, still hanging in there, twenty-four and three. Did they get as high as the teens before so. they lost their first game, and then they've lost a couple since then. Yep, yeah, they're okay. twenty-four and three. One of those losses to Marquette. And uh, one thing that's impressive about this team, and and I think they're going to probably get somewhere in that five to seven range for a seed okay. for the tournament. Ten and three on the road. 
And again, one of those losses is at Marquette in a very good game. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've accounted themselves very well. So, you know, keep your eye on those guys in the, in, in the bracket. Okay. Um, Pac-12 stinks. They've never been very good. Well, I mean, I mean Arizona. Okay, well, Arizona's but, mired in this whole, you know, shoe thing, shoe controversy, yeah. paying players I mean, that's, thing. That's but, generally been the only team. Well, how coming the out of hell <laughs> is UCLA not good? Like, wh- why? Uh-huh. I don't know. It makes no sense. I, I mean, they fired their coach this year, so they're <laughs> not going to be good this year. But like the fact that that program in LA, in a beautiful part of the country with beautiful girls and and a great culture and great history, like it just doesn't make a lot of sense why they're not good. Um, only one ranked team right now, and it's Washington at number 25. They so, barely get in there. Yeah. All right. So uh, maybe stay away from them in your Pack bracket. Tw- sure, yeah. yeah. A um, little bit of a local connection for us. You yep. got number 24, Wofford. Terriers. Yep. Storm Murphy from Middleton. Mm-hmm. Storm Murphy's their point guard. We, nice little player. Yeah, we sent him, was it about a month, month and a half ago, he made a game-winning shot yeah. right, right at the buzzer, yep. something like that, and he yep. got mobbed by his teammates. First time they've ever been ranked. Really? And they are they are 16-0 and in their league, um, which, you know, okay. I, I don't care what league you play in. To go undefeated in your league is a, is a hell of an accomplishment. And then uh, for me, uh, San Diego or San Diego, South Dakota State, uh, twenty three and seven, coached by my former Whitewater teammate TJ Otzelberger. Um, they were in the tournament last year, played Ohio State in a real good game and lost. Okay, uh, but they got a kid on their team, Mike Dom, who uh, just this week became like top six or seven all time leading scorer really? in NCAA history. He's like one of seven guys to ever get over two thousand points. Okay. Um, so uh, pretty good player. I have to keep my eyes on the deuce for some South Dakota yeah. State. Um, Gun- some- Gonzaga, number one, again. Number one. Nobody talking about them. Second time. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, they're a hard team to gauge because they play in that weird league out there, but they just dominate it. And they did beat Duke at when Duke was at full strength this year. They're scrappy. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to what do we got? Two weeks, two Sundays, or three Sundays to go? I think three. Four selection. I okay. think three. But yeah, and one story I didn't have on the list, I heard mm-hmm. this today. This is really funny. Uh, so I'm listening to Kornheiser's podcast, and he had Pat Forty from Yahoo on. And uh, apparently, LSU and Tennessee played uh, a game last week. And as is always done in the SEC, which is like the most paranoid conspiracy theory conference of like this team's against me and the refs are screwing us type stuff. So LSU's playing Tennessee and apparently one of the referees in the game, somebody from Tennessee, cause I, I believe LSU won the game. Somebody from Tennessee went back at this guy's Facebook like five years. Right. And he found a picture of this referee holding up an LSU t-shirt. Okay. And like the caption was something to the effect of to all my Bama fans out there, ha ha ha, go Tigers. So the inference is this referee's compromised. He's an LSU fan. He screwed us. That's why we lost. Get over yourselves. Well, Forty said that it turns out that it's a picture from five years ago when the guy was in Spain and he was walking around a city in Spain, and he saw in a window of a shop an LSU, an LSU shirt. shirt. And he's like, I got to do that. Yeah, so he went and grabbed it and took a picture of it and sent it on Facebook to his buddies that are Alabama fans as a joke. But it's like, how, number one, that's pretty funny. 
Oh, absolutely. But great context, everybody. But yeah, but number two, like, what is going on? You, Who the hell has time to go well, back five years in a referee's Facebook? How often do we see that with athletes, though? People bring up these tweets and these Facebook posts and stuff that people just have time to go do this stuff. It's like the hater thing last year. It's like, yes. what? Like, why? Why is it? What was the referee dumb in hindsight for doing yes. it? Okay, maybe, but maybe you're, you're not on the job. You're in a different country, completely overseas, and you find some semblance of something that you recognize. And it's funny. Yes, have a sense of humor. No, people can't do that. It's all serious. Good God, can't do it. Brewers have started American Family f- Fields of Phoenix. Got their first workout uh, for a game on Tuesday. They're airing a lot of spring training games on TV, which I actually like. I haven't been able to catch any yet, but... Um, I haven't either. Uh, I got scolded for that, too, by our, our mutual friend who was disappointed that I have not seen my girl Sophia yet this year. He <laughs> said she was asking about me. So. I'm sure she was. Yes. I, told, I said, don't tease me, man. Jimmy Nelson, you and I, I had sent you that uh, that story the other day. He was shut down for the weekend. He was supposed to start playing catch yesterday. Um, arm fatigue, according to... Uh, president of baseball ops and GM David Stearns. Yeah, I I had read something that like he he was he got his toe caught in the dirt on his follow through and it like kind of oh, like and it wrenched his shoulder he, a little I think bit something like that. Yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, really? you know, I, well, counsel said it yesterday when he gave comments. He's like, we're not pushing him. We're not putting him any timelines. When he's ready, he's ready, mm-hmm. and we'll figure out what we do with him then. Yeah, which I, I think is the best way to approach that. If he started the year in AAA, I would not be surprised at all. No. At all, that's and, fine. And, you know, and yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a long season. We found that out last year that it's very easy to run out of starting pitching when you go deep in the playoffs. And you know, if you can save him for a month, yeah, uh, early in the season, I I have no problem nope, with that. I'm a, I'm a hell of a lot more worried about another pitcher on their roster than I am Jimmy Nelson. Who would you like to talk about that you're worried about? I'm, oh, uh, I full disclosure, I already know the answer to this, and you're worried about him too. Chase home run Anderson. I mean, the guy, I think he's pitched two innings and he's already given up three bombs. Three. Yep. Gave up all the Padres homers yesterday. Yeah. On two homers. Now look, and and I was talking to my friend, yep. uh, my buddy about this. Working and, on and, stuff. And, and this is the it, time to do it. And it's 100% accurate. It is when these guys are working on stuff. Um, they're just trying to, you know, they're trying to build their arm up. There might be one game they're all throwing all fastballs, one game they're throwing all sliders. I get that, but. You know, he was about as bad as there was in baseball last year at keeping the ball in the park. And when you pitch in Miller Park, which is a hitter's ballpark, it's that's that's worrisome. Um, you know, I, I told the guy at work today we were talking about it. Uh, I will be surprised if Chase Anderson is on the Brewers in July. Okay, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't fall off my chair if he's not on the opening day roster. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. no, you know, no info on that. I no, haven't read anything just anywhere. Your gut, it's just in, my feeling. Just your intuition. Um, when right. you look at, they've got Chassin, Burns, yep. Peralta, Woodruff. They have a lot of options for that starting five. Yep. You got they, that they, Tomlin they, they really guy do. they signed. Yep. Um, you know, who knows what happens with Nelson. They could go. I, I haven't looked enough at their schedule. There are times when early in the year they might go four man rotation. They may have a, a a long day where they pitch bullpen guys. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a ton of things that could happen. Um, but you know, I, I'm not sure what the financial ramifications are if you if you outright released him or if you sent him to AAA and he refused. I I haven't got into all that, but 
He, you know, th- this is a team that's got World Series aspirations for sure. And and you they don't want to they don't want to take steps backwards. No, there's there's not enough time, and that division is too good. You know, you can't afford even in April and May to get behind the eight ball and have to play catch up all year. The Cubs had the least eventful off season of anybody in that division. Mm-hmm. Cardinals improved. Pirates, Reds, you know, all the other teams improved. Yeah, they made moves to try and improve things. And the Cubs were already good to begin with. They took them down to the last game. So it's like, you know, now you got to worry about the guys, you know, 90 miles south, let alone everybody else in the division getting better. No question. And uh, look, they're you know, you're the, you're the team with the bullseye now. Yep. I mean, you won the division. You were in, you know, you were one game away from the World Series. So mm-hmm. the bullseye and the pressure is on the Brewers um, to, to replicate that. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I'm... You know, are they going to win 96 games again? Probably not. I don't know that anybody in that division is going to win 96 games. Um, I just think it's going to be too competitive. But we'll see what happens. And uh, did did you you've been keeping up with the Bryce Harper stuff at all here? Yeah, he just met for the second time with the Giants today. I guess. Okay, it, it sounds like the Dodgers Gi- Dodgers want short term. I don't know what the Giants want. Phillies still want long term. The Philly thing just doesn't make any sense. And, and which was, Kornheiser was talking about that too. Like, you know, how is going to Philadelphia better than playing in Washington? It's the well, same. It's the same division. Um, you're you've you've Philly added a lot I mean, as far as big name players this year. Uh, they got they got Rio Muto, Robertson, and McCutcheon. So I mean, they they have improved. Yeah, I don't know whether that's better than what you just came from. Yeah, but, I, I don't know that one, and, and I, I kind of get the feeling like you know, if he was going to sign there, I feel like he would have already signed there. Yeah, like what are you waiting for? Right. I mean, is it is it just about who gives me the most money? At the end of the day, are you no, just I think it's bouncing year, around I think here? It's or? Years because like you're Length. missing you're missing time. You know, it's like this happens in football all the time when these guys hold out. Mid training camp, end of training camp, and not they, ready. And what always happens? They, they, they always get, they get, get hurt. hurt. Yep. Muscle pull, yep. whatever. Because you can work out in yourself, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same as playing in games. No. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I think he's still going to end up in LA. Okay. Um it would give them like an entire lineup of all lefties. lefties. But Brewers got a lot of lefties too. Yeah, hard to. If the guy wants to come there, it'd be hard to pass that up. For sure, for sure. Uh, We will end on breaking news from a little bit earlier this afternoon, and I already made a call to uh, our my Badgers guy, and Alex Hornibrook entered the transfer portal. He's left the program. Starter for the last three years, wasn't a captain last year. Um, so the Badgers are going to need a new starting quarterback. Um. A couple of things that he told me, which I thought were interesting. He's had a couple of concussions. Mm-hmm. The most recent one that he suffered, symptoms lasted and effects lasted through the winter. Wow. Took him a long time to get over that. Mm. Um, and some of the things that I read today that, okay, so he's got concussions, why don't you just walk away? He still wants to play, and teams handle that sort of injury differently. So he could go somewhere and he could play and not be under the, the most strictest of medical guidelines. Four days ago, he was practicing with his teammates and working out with them, getting ready for spring practice. Hmm. What happened in the last four days? Don't know. The best guess by the guy that I talked to was that Paul Chris said 
this is going to be an open competition. You've got injury problems. We want to make sure we've got... Got to cover yourself. Yes. You know, Cone started a couple of games. You've got Chase Wolf. You've got Graham Mertz, who everybody just wants to hand the starting job to. Mm -hmm. And apparently Hornybrook couldn't handle that. And he just said, all right, well, if I'm not... If I haven't earned this the last three years, then I'm going to go somewhere where I may not have to earn it and I can just walk in and automatically be better than anybody else. Yeah. Which I thought was... I don't know, kind of a wuss way to think about it. Eh, I don't think so. I mean, get, I'm fine. I mean, the guy wants to play football, but, you know, to think that anything is ever just handed to you, that, that to me, that's a little presumptuous. Well, I'm sure that he probably, you know, that's probably the simplified, he probably sees the writing on the wall. Oh, I'm sure. You know, he knows. You, you, you can't ignore it, everything yeah. that has gone on surrounding him. If, if all things being equal, you know, um, they're probably looking to move on from, oh, for sure. from him. Yes. Um, I, I feel bad for him. I really do. Um, you know, and I was very critical of him the last couple of years, as were you, and as yep. were most Badger fans. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, 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 you can't call these guys kids. They're 21, 22, 23. I mean, they're young, they're young guys. And, uh, when you're going through concussion stuff, I had, uh, several concussions in college. I didn't have anything as severe as that. Um, but it's it can be tough, and you know w- when you're away from the team like he was last year for big parts of the year, it's you know you don't really feel like you're when you're not there every day. You feel like you're detached. You're not part of things, and and maybe he felt some of that. Um, you know, uh, he took a lot of crap. Maybe there was some of that. You know, I mean, these guys, well, they're still young guys. They read social media. Right. When you have national championship or playoff mm-hmm. expectations, I mean, people went in last year thinking the Badgers were a top four team. Yeah. They had a legitimate chance at a Big Ten title. Which was probably, uh, you know, obviously in hindsight it was a mistake, but even looking at the roster going in, it was probably a mistake to have them that high. See, I don't know. I think coming off of, of that and having a lot of guys back on offense – Having to replace some guys on defense might have knocked that expectation down a little bit, but the most realistic year for that jump to be made looked like it was last year. Mm-hmm. And you could say that one of the things holding the team back, probably from making that jump, was the quarterback position. Sure, that's fair. That's very uh, you fair. know, numbers proved it, and I don't care how many games he won, but the stuff was up and down. The turnovers were killer. Mm-hmm. You know, the Cephas thing did not help. Nope. At all whatsoever. They didn't find a reliable tight end until a couple of games in, in the season to replace. Um, I can't even can't remember the guy's name now. I think he plays for Denver. Got drafted. Fumagalle. Yeah. Didn't have a reliable. You know, the offensive line struggled as well. Uh, defense was was not that great either. But you, you, one of the things you had to point to was quarterback. It, 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 was, it was just a weak link. And people knew that Mertz was coming in. And I think they got a little bit ahead of themselves. In saying, you know, now we're going to start dissecting this guy a little bit closer because if he's not doing it, we got this phenom coming in, and this dude's going to be on the hot seat. We want him. He would have done a lot better than you this year. Do you do you, you know? think it's do you think it's selfish for what for him for, to leave for and to leave? Yeah, and go somewhere else. I'm always of the opinion that kids need to do what it is what what is in their best interest. If that's in his best interest to get away from this, and let's be clear. For him, this is probably a fairly toxic environment, mm-hmm. considering all that he's been through. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him a bit. Do I think it's an easy way out? Yeah, 
little bit. Is it probably the best for him? Sure. You could probably say that. If he can go somewhere, finish out, he's going to get a business degree. He's going to be a graduate transfer. That's fine. He's going to have a career after football that that is not football. See, and that's that's where I think it makes the most sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if you're him, you're looking at it like, okay, well, I have one year. I have 11 games of football left in my life. I'm not going to make the NFL. I'm not no. going to I'm not going to go play in one of these other leagues. I don't have those aspirations. So I've got 11 games left in my life to play an actual football game. Do I want to spend them? Right. Do I want to be the good soldier and hold the clipboard and pat this freshman on the back for for five months? Or do I want to go to Bowling Green and, right. and maybe you know go eight and four and play in the whatever John Deere Bowl and, and enjoy my last year of football? I think that's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. I really do. And and like you said, the fact that he is graduating with a degree from Madison is is a good thing. Yep. And he can go do the grad transfer thing and 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 go about his life. I you know. And if he if he completely walked away, I wouldn't have no problem either. I think this will probably be when you're looking at the whole Hornybrook storyline, legacy, whatever you want to call it. People are really excited about this kid. Gonna you know play him as a freshman. Sophomore, by the time he gets to be a junior, he's going to be firing on all cylinders and everything's going to be great. And hey, man, I, w- wound up being a disappointment. And I think a lot of Badgers fans probably were were irked by that. Yeah, but you know, you gotta I'm not, I'm not, you gotta I'm not look saying, at it in 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 more realistic terms of like, well, how often does anybody have a quarterback for four years that's a really good player? I'm just trying to look at it from the fanatical sure, position. But you got two pretty damn good years out of him as a freshman yes. and sophomore that you weren't really, especially probably, as freshman year, you were not Probably overachieved, expecting. absolutely. So, you know, would you have liked those years to be his junior, senior year? Eh, whatever. You got two years out of the guy at a pretty good level, and you won a lot of games. You won a couple bowl games. Um, you know, I, I think every Badger fan that's a true Badger fan should wave goodbye and wish him luck and and hope that uh, Graham Mertz can win that job because I don't really want to see Cullen throwing throwing the ball at people's feet all year. (laughs) Well, spring practice uh, right around the corner from them, so I would be uh, I'll I'll be curious to see who's and you know that's going to be poured over who's taking snaps with the number ones. Oh yeah. And how many people are going to get sharing uh, that duty. Patrikas and Wargle and the crew will be all over it. Absolutely. Yep. All right, you need to get home and watch your bucks and watch Marquette. Yeah, so, eat my uh, pork chop. That is for uh, this week, our episode of The Intentional Foul again. Appreciate you listening, downloading, subscribing if you do so. Um, as Drew Olson likes to say, tell your friends. Yes, please. Always like we had sales guy Todd jump on the bandwagon today. Said that he listened. Very much appreciated. Um, you got Huber and Collis and... Holes nicked and all the it's a cast of dozens. Yep. Robinson and, yep. and my buddy my buddy Eric Warner just hopped go. on. He's he's a little behind. He started from the beginning, so he's trying to catch up. But a lot of catch up. I thought I warned him. I said it's a lot of <laughs> it's a lot of garbage. Good, best of luck to you. <laughs> all right. Have a enjoyable week as we get closer to the big dance. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Have a good week. Go Bucks. Here you go.